You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 184 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Hey, Val. How's it going? I'm good. What's going on with you? What's going with me? Oh my goodness. I've had house guests, which is quite a big thing in my world because I'm not very domesticated. (laughs) (laughs) Did they stay in my room, Val? They did stay in your room. Thank you for lending it to them. That's all right. Uh, (laughs) So they stayed and um, that was, uh, it was good actually. It was um, not as stressful as I thought it was going to be. They were great house guests. So Fantastic. it worked out well. Mm. And you got to so, you take them around to lots of all your old places. You just you know down down to my mates at the uh, the second hand <laughs> shop. Yes, yes. Took them down to uh, the, all the local spots, and we went for little bushwalks. We went on some hikes. I was actually I got my steps up. We've got a, a an a office steps challenge, and. We're not doing very well at it, I must say, uh, but um, but I'm trying. Oh, yeah. but the thing that's getting my steps up, this is what's new. Oh, my God. So this is what's new. Um, I wanted to, by the way, listeners, you have actually tuned in to So You Want to Be a Photographer, which oh, yeah. is a podcast about photography, and we will oh. get to that very soon. But um, the thing that's got my steps up, Gina, is I wanted a dancing game, you know, for the games console. <laughs> yeah. So I've been bugging my I partner. I don't know who you are anymore, Valerie What do you Coo? mean? It's like every day you do something that I go, I never <laughs> in a million years. Like it started with the freaking boogie boarding, right? <laughs> Then you tell me you're doing macrame. Now you're a painter. And now after like, do you know how much you've slagged off uh, Mm -hmm. PlayStations in the past? I I haven't slagged off PlayStations. Never? I don't recall slagging off PlayStations. And now you've got games, dancing games and Fitbits. Yes, well, I haven't got the Fitbit. I did have one ages ago, but I put it through the wash. But anyway, so I've been bugging my partner for a dancing game and um, he, uh, I, the other day, only a few days ago, uh, he said, look, I got you a present. And I'm like, what? And I had a look and there was um, Just Dance 2018. <laughs> Um, this is not sponsored, by the way. No. And I looked at the packet and said, oh, that looks good. Oh, 
but it only works with a PS4, a PlayStation 4. We don't have one. He bought he one, just... didn't he? <laughs> he That's how he got it across the line. What a clever, clever guy he is. That's, <laughs> That's right. how I would have done it. That is genius on his part. Genius. Oh, dear. So... I have been playing this dancing game and, gee, it gets your steps up. My steps are, you know, double, triple. They're, it, it's so much fun, this dancing game. So I am, yes, not only am I um, a crumme artist and a painter. You're going to be now, a dancer now. Yeah. <laughs> What's your style? What's, uh, what, what, like, what, what, what moves do you get down to? What's the um, song? Well, I'm still unlocking a lot of the um, – a lot of the songs, it's really fun. It's, it's addictive. I have to tear myself away. You get very, very hot and sweaty and it's very addictive and you can choose to be the main dancer or the backup dancer. Of course, uh-huh. I, cho- you, I choose to be. You'd be the main? The main dancer, yeah. yeah and never and, see your um, backup. You yeah. have to like, you know, you have to do all these moves and you, you, some of them I get really quickly and some of them are a bit harder. Sometimes you roll around on the floor and <laughs> it's just so quite, it's quite a lot of but you have Having so much fun, you don't realise that you're working out. Yes, but you're, you're dancing to proper songs, yeah. like sung by the real people. Are they like 2018 songs, or can you? There's a, there's a move huge. To bon Jovi? There's a huge variety. I have not heard Bon Jovi yet, but I haven't unlocked all the songs. So yeah. you've got all the modern things, ranging from you know Ed Sheeran to Nicki Minaj to um, Rihanna to whatever Lady Gaga. But you've also got Flashdance and Footloose and Aha and Take on Me and the Final Countdown by Europe and. <laughs> It's quite hilarious. You, we should have a go. There's some where, you know, it's not, it's like a duet dance kind of thing. So we could do that when you're here next. Sure. Uh, <laughs> there'd need to be champagne involved for that to happen. Yeah, but, that's yeah. easy. I've got heaps. All right. So, and this isn't, so you <laughs> want to be a champagne dancer? fridge. The, the champagne <laughs> fridge is only literally a metre away. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, we'll all right. So back to so you want to be a dancer. Yes. What have you been up to, Gina? What have I been up to? So, all right. Well, I was uh, out there. Very, I went to two fortieths and a twenty fifth this weekend. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and you you were very social. I was. That's about it for me now. I have to like now hide for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's highly unusual for you to go to so many parties. Oh, it's just like it so happened that they were all on the same weekend. Right. So I had to do okay. them all. And, I, you know, could not go and I went and I was glad I went. But, you know, let's, uh, let's not do that again for a few weeks, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to give a big shout-out to Steve-O or Stevie-O, who has kindly left us a five-star review on iTunes with the title, Where Were You 10 Years Ago? Mm, okay. Oh, I busted <laughs> um, out boobs on the dance floor if you were yeah, Valerie <laughs> No, this is obviously a more recent thing for me, Gina. Uh, so Steve has said, I have learnt more about portrait photography in the last three months of listening and using my DSLR than I 
it really ever did in the years I had my SLR. Thank you. Love listening to the podcast. I am taking photos at least 50% of the week these days. Look forward to each podcast. Thanks again. That awesome. is so cool. Thank you so much, Stevie-O. We really, and really you, appreciate it. Steve-O. And you know with the name Steve-O, 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 yeah, Steve-O. that's Steve-O. Uh, Steve-O. from the Australian iTunes of course. Must be. Steve-o, must be. Davo. Jono. Jono. Gazza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve-o. All right. Um, if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. And a big shout out also to all of our awesome gold members who are members of Gina's community. If you want to find out more, there's so many fantastic things that the gold members get access to and you just need to go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community to find out all of the things that you get. What do they get, Gina? All right. Well, I've just finished uh, three more tutorials. So one was where we went on location and I show you how to find the good light and how to make some makeshift backgrounds. So great backgrounds no matter where you are. And I've also done a couple of tutorials about uh, uh, using Photoshop correctly and I'm about to record the CC. So this CC is where I uh, create uh, – what's the what does CC? stand for Val? Constructive Constructively. I call it creatively critiquing. No, no, constructive. constructive Not constructively, constructive critiques. So the members get to upload their photos, Val, and then I will, uh, and this is all uh, shared on screen, they get to see me constructively critiquing the images and I might be talking about placement of lights or it might be a matter of uh, posing and how to take images to the next level or it might be about style or it might be an issue that that, uh, they have with how they're editing their images and so I can Mm. then edit the images in in, uh, and show them uh, the, the techniques that, and, and it's a great, it works as a really uh, fantastic learning curve for all those photographers. It's such and I'm a seeing them. Thing. And, and so everyone watches their own critiques, but they actually sit through and uh, have, have told me that they're watching everybody's critiques because that's what uh, they're learning the most from. And then there's like, we just had, uh, we just recorded the mastermind for the month and Valerie Koo did a special uh, mastermind on business, which was fantastic, Valerie. I forgot to um, talk to you about that. That was awesome. I sat in on that too. And uh, so many, you could just see all the uh, aha moments going off there. So Valerie pops in every now and then and and, uh, gives some uh, really valuable and uh, fantastic business advice. And then we're doing tutorials and there's lots going on. And it's like, I've got photographers who are, are pros. They're already out there working. There's emerging photographers that are just starting to get their business off the ground. But I've also got hobbyist photographers in there as well that they just want to be better at photography. So they're in the group mm. as well. And what I really love, Val, is the fact that in the private Facebook group that we have, mm-hmm. everyone is so supportive of each other. So and you can good. see the beautiful friendships starting to form. Yeah. And it's just like, Photography can be a really lonely uh, profession if it's just on your own. So sometimes it's just great to have someone when you say, oh, my God, this happened, to to have someone say, oh, yeah, when 
that happen to me? Blah, 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 blah. And just to yeah. get that support from all over the world. So I'm, I'm loving it, Al. It's, it's yeah. great to be a part of. Such, such, an, such an awesome community. So check it out. Go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. Now, this week we have a special guest, don't we, Gina? Rowena yes. Meadows. Tell us about Rowena. So Rowena Mo- Meadows or Row Meadows, is a, she's a documentary-style photographer and I stumbled across her website like randomly and I know I, I, I don't think there are really accidents in life. Mm-hmm. I think I was always supposed to uh, find her work. But the thing, when I saw her work, this, this thought kept going through my mind and it's like I was listening to uh, one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts and uh, was one of the guests and I wish I could remember who said it, but he came out with this quote and he said, the good shit sticks. And what he meant by that is when you hear or see something uh, that really resonates with you, you will remember it. And so I thought that that is true with photography as well. There's so much stuff out there online. Uh, we're seeing so many images all the time. But when mm. something comes along that really resonates with you or, you know, it, it it's like it stands out. It's like it's a, a different colour or something. And that's how I felt when I saw uh, Ro, Rowena's stuff for the first time. So um, I had to interview her. So I got in touch and she, she, she agreed. So like the documentary style that she does is mm. uh, it, it's like a, a – it's basically you go to a location, you put yourself in the location and you wait for something to happen and then you shoot it. So it sounds like, oh, my God, you just point the camera and shoot. It, it's not – it sounds that easy but it's not. It's actually quite difficult to know uh, when to press the shutter because it's that decisive moment. It's how you decide to compose the image, where you where – you, facing your camera and then how you're exposing the image. You could expose it to be uh, just exposing for the highlights. You could be exposed for the shadows. This can completely change the look of the shot. And that decisive moment can also change the mood of the shot. So the documentary photographers that can capture the tension or anger in a scene and there's other documentary photographers but just how they they – they pick the moment that they'll they'll find the comedy in a moment. So it, there are so many um, differences in style, and I think it's fascinating. And uh, I'm so intrigued about the whole idea of uh, finding the beauty in um, in the very ordinary. And uh, she does that uh, so well. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And, yeah. And she specialises in families, isn't that right? Yeah. So family documentaries. Style. So she will Which go. Which is unusual. She will go and spend uh, an entire day, like ten or twelve hours, like turn up at the, the 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 start of the day and be with the family for the entire day, and they go about their day. So it's like you know, if I'm doing a lifestyle shoot with a family for a magazine, I've got a stylist, I've got makeup artists. We're there at the crack of dawn. We're steaming clothes. We're cleaning the house. Everything is immaculate and perfect, and we create this perfect scene right with the stuff that Rowena and a lot of other documentary day in the life photographers are doing is they are capturing what's and all of life so and when you think about it it's 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 real I mean Val the the only time 
my, my environment looks like a magazine spread is if I'm maybe staying in a hotel or just after, you know, the clean has been for it's five minutes, not even three before there's cat hair on the floor. You've opened your suitcase, your clothes are everywhere. There's, you know, who lives like that? No one. So, Mm. you know, these documentary photographers capture it, but the, the skill is in, find seeing the beauty in that and and she does she does that really well I you know I, I love it and if you want to have a look while you're listening then just go to day in your life project.com.au that's day in your life project.com.au to you'll see lots of shots um, of her documentary style uh, capturing families in as they go about their day and there's something yeah really special and unique about them so let's have a listen to row meadows hey row how are you going welcome to the show thanks gina i'm really well thank you for having me I'm really excited to chat to you today so um before we start where in the world are you uh, today I'm in Brisbane in Queensland uh, with staying at my parents' house, um, just trying to stay sane on the school holidays with a little bit of parental support. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> How old are the kids? Uh, I've got two daughters. They're eight and ten, and so, they pretty they pretty much just fight um, for most of the school holidays. So um, not very um, good at managing that, but my parents are really good at it. So. They've had more practice, haven't they, I guess? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, so can you, like, tell us uh, in your own words what it is you do with your style of photography? Because as I said uh, when I first reached out to you, I stumbled across uh, your uh, website by accident, like it was some sort of uh, random happy coincidence and – the thing is, uh, there's a saying that I uh, heard recently, and I think I, I was telling you this in the pre-call, the, uh, the good shit sticks or <laughs> the good pics also stick. No, I just and leave so, it as shit, I think. <laughs> but when I saw uh, your images, I was just uh, struck by the beauty in the chaos, and that's what I loved. So in your own words, what is it that you do? What? Well, what I do is I spend sort of eight to 12 hours in a family's home um, on any on an ordinary day. So I, I wouldn't say I'm a fly on the wall. I don't really subscribe to that approach of um, documentary photography. I sort of um, – I don't try to be invisible. I sort of become part of the family for the day. Yeah. And I do whatever they do. So if they go to the supermarket, I go. If they go to soccer practice, I go. Um, And I try and encourage my families to stick to um, the most ordinary version of that day. So because I'm looking for really authentic behaviour, if they're doing their usual activities, that's when – you can access that behaviour if they're. It's not really a put on our best clothes and go and have some kind of glamorous picnic at the beach or anything like that. It it has to be normal and ordinary. So I just exist with them in their world for the day, um, and then I 
shoot everything. So I shoot, um, you know, tantrums are my favorite thing to shoot. <laughs> I love, I love that. Um, I love mess. I love it when I walk into a house and they haven't cleaned for me. So I, I do always encourage my um, clients not to clean for me. I want their house to look like what it normally looks like. Right. Um, so I love to photograph the mess. Um, and I shoot the quiet moments, the, the big, loud, chaotic ones. Um, I love to shoot how hard parents work. That's, mm-hmm. that's really important to me. So a lot of parents don't realise the work involved in their day until they see it presented to them in um, a book of pictures. Yeah. And so I think that's really important to document that and honour it um, also for kids when they've grown up so they can see <laughs> how hard their mums and dads worked. Um, and so I, I spend usually my, the most common shoot I do is eight hours, so from lunchtime, right. lunchtime till bedtime. Yeah. And I find most of the really great authentic behaviour happens later in the afternoon, as any mum's kids would know. I, I used to call it, it, it was between, um, uh, well, it's like when bath and dinner's happening, so it was yeah. like five to six, and I used to call it the bullshit hour, like when everything yeah. just went just like completely. Yeah, I think the bullshit hour is better than the witching hour or the other like correct term people use. Tantrums galore and all of that. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking back um, – there must be a particular type of person that is uh, attracted to this kind of photo shoot because I know um, when I was a child, the the photo shoot was all about on a Sunday, we would all be mm-hmm. in our church clothes and my mum and dad would take us out the back and we would ha- stand in front of the lemon tree. Because, and that was where all uh, Greeks and Italians, uh, you know, that photograph you had to because that was like it's almost like this proud achievement. And we always had to be like they would never be ever consider doing taking a photo of us if there was a hair out of place or we weren't in our Sunday (laughs) best, and also the. All my birthday memories are I'm in front of a cake, the cake hasn't been cut and the tablecloth is pristine, pristine and, the ha- yes. and everything is pristine. But have a look at social media today and that's kind of the world that everyone is also mm. presenting. So, so if someone puts up a selfie, and I know because I now live with millennials – that, that, and, and it's not necessarily uh, my millennials, but the, the their friends. I've I've seen them sitting on the couch, and at first I was shocked, but but now I know what they're doing. They will take a hundred or a hundred and fifty mm. photos to to get that perfect one, and then like I've come through. Uh, magazines and editorials and I was that photographer going on a day in the life uh, at home shoots mm-hmm. where we styled the home we put the flowers in everything was pristine we had hair and makeup you know and we set up these shoots to look like the perfect kind of Stepford wives house yeah. and there's a disconnect there. There's a real disconnect. Mm-hmm. And that thing when it, like when I look at your photos, 
there's so much there's so much beauty in that chaos there's just so yeah, much beauty in that chaos so what nice. is it that attracted you to this style of photography and I just want to back up a little bit because mm-hmm. I just can you tell us uh, you came into photography a little bit later in life what yes. were you doing before <laughs> Yeah, I've only been doing this for three years. Mm. I literally only learned how to shoot manual three and a half years ago. Fantastic. So um, I feel, you know, that's why I freaked out when you asked me to (laughs) do your podcast because I still feel very amateur and very – well, I hope I kind of always feel a bit amateur. But um, I came to this – It never goes away. Good. I think it's a good thing. I think it's okay. It is a good thing, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a psychologist before I had kids. Um, I did the six years, got registered. I worked for a little while, um, in a university counseling clinic. Hmm. And then when I had my first child, um, sort of changed for me and having kids really, um, drained me so much that I felt in that period I just couldn't work as a psychologist. I just felt like I had nothing to give, nothing left to give um, as a result of becoming a mum. But I still felt so passionately interested in psychology and, and still to this day I read psych articles nearly every day. Yeah. I'm still the, – the, the fascination with human behaviour has not um, waned at all. Um, but while I was had little kids at home, um, I started dabbling a little bit um, with the camera um, and also, funnily enough, I had another – I have another business, a cake business. I was just trying to stay out of a real job basically. Right. And then um, I – then I I saw there was a, a photo course I saw on Creative Live by Kirsten Lewis mm. and I took that and that's all about um, documentary family photography and basically celebrating um, real life, real life being enough. Yep. Um, and that just blew my mind and I really felt like that was my psychology training and my interest in photography kind of colliding because yes. and I sort of thought, oh, maybe my study is no waste. Maybe that is what is going to, you know, make me good at this. So I just um, started shooting families for free. Uh, I did a, I did one, like so back then I was doing 12 hours. I did maybe about five 12-hour shoots for free for friends. And yep. um, I remember when someone approached me to um, pay me, I was <laughs> sort of like, oh, no, no. Um, and we actually had an argument about really? whether. Yeah, she wanted to pay me and I was <laughs> Um, it wasn't a, it was, wasn't really, it was an acquaintance at the time. And I said, oh no, I'm going to keep doing this for free. I'm not ready to charge. And she said, no, I think you are ready to charge. And I said, all right, $500. It's 12 hours shooting, nearly a week of editing. And, um, 
she said, oh, no, I think it should be $1,000. And I said, yeah. well, $800 or nothing. What a good friend. <laughs> I know what? she's become one of my best oh, was friends. Was she just a, rant, a, a stranger? Well, Someone she who was just... actually a mom, a school mom, who had just seen some – I didn't know her, but she'd seen some pictures on my social media and she saw value in it. And that, you know what? That, that bless is what's... her for being yes. a good person, you know, and, and it's proof that they're out there. There are people that do value this kind of work. Exactly. Exactly. So she said to me, I'm about to spend $1,000 on another photographer's work, wow. but I'd rather book you, so um, will you do it? And then, and then that, that is really when I started to really realise that some people do value this. It's it's hard to find them, it, it, to be honest. It, it is not for everybody. Not yeah. many people. Uh, it takes a, you know, a certain type of person to be willing to part with what is a decent chunk of money to – show their their real you know life in with all its ugly bits as well so I, i'm still trying to figure out who that person is um in terms of targeting my marketing but they're, yeah. they're definitely out there um but it is a niche market and i i'm hoping i'm hoping though that um more people get on board with celebrating it, you know the real aspects of their life and not just the pretty ones oh. when they I predict it'll be a trend. Yeah. Um, it'll be um, a reaction to the um, what's going on now where everything pretty much isn't authentic or if it is, it's, it's kind of in a fake thirsty way. Do, yeah, do you get exactly. what I mean? It's like yeah, when you read tell. that Facebook post about someone, it's like, sigh, having a bad day. You know, it's yes. like I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the likes. And when people, you, you know, you just, there's only so much we can look at perfect and perfect and perfect because I do continue to see that disconnect. And I think yeah. when more people have seen this style of beautiful uh, documentary photography, I think it's going to um, rise in popularity. I really hope so. And I, I, I just feel like when I see more um, documentary family photographers coming out, I'm, I'm really just happy for social media to have more images like that on there. I, yeah. it's, it's so important because there's lots of mums and dads out there and they look around their house there's shit everywhere yeah there's toys and they're fighting a losing battle to ever keep that yeah and if they can see when they're scrolling through their feeds pictures of other people's houses looking like that other people's kids losing it um then that that's got to help normalize that not not just celebrate it but just to make people feel like they shouldn't be striving for all that perfection they see on social media which I'm very concerned about on a serious note no no true and it's doing a, a lot of damage to people but it's not just that it's like when you look at these images um your work and other documentary photographers like I love looking at uh the magnum uh photographers mm -hmm. as well I also love magnums but <laughs> um exactly. it's you see the 
the beauty in, in the, it's the way they're shot. So mm-hmm. um, I think uh, a different photographer could walk into that room and just see chaos and mm-hmm. photograph <laughs> the kind of the ugly side of family life and you could capture it in a way, just like the way that you, uh, that, that decisive moment when you choose mm-hmm. to take the photo, you can either make it look um, you can either celebrate this family, or you mm. can you can mock them and make fun yeah, of them. That's it's a very just, good point. It's yeah. uh, it's the angle, it's the way you lose the light, and it's the tone that you choose to portray, portray this family. So um, I think there's uh, an awful lot of skill involved in uh, being able to. Uh, a be in amongst all that chaos and not annoy everyone because yes that is a very good point (laughs) um so with your psychology training and i'm just like as an aside because i've just thought of this when you're like when you were working as a psychologist when they're writing stuff on paper are you writing your shopping list or you actually (laughs) uh are you actually writing notes on the person? I've always no, wondered that's that. That's an interesting question. For, look, I don't know what other psychologists are doing, but for me, I was literally only writing quotes that are from the client that I that stood out for me. So, yeah. what I would uh, so if someone came in with a problem. Um, I would always write down any kind of quote that they said that didn't fit with the problem. So, ah. so if they said my partner and I, uh, you know, he's horrible to me, we're not getting yep. along, we're going to break up. If they, if there was some kind of little nugget in there that didn't fit with that story of the troubled relationship, I would write that down. So, and at the end of the session, I'd be able to say, um, you know like reflect back to them how what how bad they perceive the situation is and um, how difficult that must be for them, la, la, la. But then I'd also be able to present some small little parts of that story that, um, that their brain didn't put as much emphasis on probably and say, but look, I did hear these five things. I did hear these five things, nice things that you said, about your partner and just try to shift people's people's minds get so stuck in the mm. problem. Mm. So for me, the, the way I used to work, the, the type of therapy I used to do would be not so much um, giving too much airtime to the problem but giving airtime to um, the exceptions to the problem right. to try to help them reframe how they saw that problem. And it's interesting you've asked that because what I do with my photography work um, is also a little bit about reframing how people see their, mm. their life. So, you know, a lot of people, it's not until they see the photos back that it's such a shift for them and they'll actually realise, oh, my goodness, my ordinary house and, um, you know, my difficult child and all the all those parts of my day I can actually see them reframed yes. it's like holding up a mirror to them and showing them hey this is this is enough it's beautiful and it's not perfect but I love it it's my life so in, in some ways I can't believe you just made me see the parallel there Gina <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> um, that, that is what being a psychologist is. It's, helping, yes. it's holding up a mirror to yes. someone's life and, and helping them see, you know, choosing what aspect you want to reflect for them back. So, Yeah, I think that um, needs to now go in your bio. Um, I need a drink. <laughs> um, so oh, my goodness. When, when you're... Do you switch off? Uh, like, are you in just look? Because I know when I'm on a big shoot, uh, I there there is a point where I just slip into the flow flow state, or I'm in the moment a hundred percent. And so I'm not sitting there thinking camera settings or what it is that I want to achieve with this photo that, that like that might be after the fact. Are you? Do you find yourself? Like when you're immersed in this family, do, do you just go into a flow state and you're just shooting and not really thinking yeah. or are you planning and, oh, this would be a good uh, cover shot and I need to get a detail here? How much, yeah. how much of that is going on? Mm, um, there is a lot of thinking going on because um, I think to be good at, you you have to be observing behavior um filing it away and learning to predict um what what kids will do so when I enter the house I don't shoot a lot in the first hour Mm. um I do a fair bit of just talking and I'm always listening and watching so if a parent says oh you know, that their five-year-old kid has just started an eye roll, like rolling their eyes when asked to do something. Mm. I'll be filing that away and thinking, you know, I better make sure I get a picture of that. And so I'm watching the kids and I'm trying to um, learn their behaviour as much as I can so that as the day progresses, after a few hours, when we enter a new scene, I'll be looking at the scene and I'll think, I'm trying to think ahead, I reckon that kid's going to do this. Um, Or if I notice, um, so a lot of parents, um, their way of giving affection might be a touch on the head on the way past. Um, And if I see that once, I'll be like, okay, that's how that dad shows affection. Right. Um, And I'm... So there's like hundreds of little observations like that um, that go into my head uh, and then whenever I enter a scene, straight away there's a heap of possible things that might happen and I'm thinking about how I'm going to get that. But I will say that's kind of happening on a bit of a subconscious level. So I'm still conversing with the family. I'm pretty relaxed. Yep. I'm not um, – I'm, I'm – I'm involved. I'm, I'm talking. I'm not talking with them all the time, mm. but I am trying to observe so that I can predict. Um, so I'll line up. Oh, if I'm if, if a kid walks into a room, I'll have a look around at the light. I'll see where the composition is going to be best. I'll see if there's any clean backgrounds, and I'll get my spot. And then I'll just hope for something to happen in the frame that I okay. Uh, so, so there is a little bit of pre-visual and I guess yes. it's the same approach as a street photographer yeah. might uh, <laughs> might have where you find your stage mm. and then you wait for your performers to come on and do something. That's right. That's right. And so because of that, 
it means that you're constantly missing stuff. So if I enter a room and I can see um, a really great composition with a nice clean spot, yet something else is happening um, somewhere else, I'm constantly deciding what to sacrifice. So do I just follow the action all the time and just shoot reactively or do I purposefully um, make a composition and then predict what might happen in that frame and hope it happens? So um, I'm mainly – I'm doing a bit of both. So sometimes I'm just following and shooting and then other times I clearly see a frame that I want to make and I wait, 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 wait. And, you know, most of the time it doesn't work out. Um, but when it does work out, it's often, you know, a brilliant shot. So yeah, it's, it's just constantly deciding what to miss and what to hope for. That's probably the hardest part of yep. the job. And okay. So you you go into these, uh, families and when you've got, I think what, okay, I'm going to, I've got so many psychology questions. To, I'm going to actually interview <laughs> you again and just ask all the amazing. psychology questions. But so at what age does a child uh, become self-aware? There, there is an age yeah. where they, they, they start to, <clears throat> you know, care about what people think about them. Is it seven or is it? Uh, look, I'm, I'm no expert on child development, but I, I think maybe a little bit younger than that. Yeah. Um, so, maybe like five. Five. Um, yeah. So five and under, you've got this absolute pure, pure little soul that just will, if they feel like dancing in in yeah. their undies and expressing <laughs> their joy that way, they will. If they yeah. want to draw, they do. They don't care about, like, they just draw what they feel yeah. like. And so it, it, it's the closest, in, in my opinion, to perfection as, 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 as a human as you can get. And then after five, all the ideas of what we should be, yeah. how we should look and how we should behave start to uh, affect it, you know, people, and then you get the adults who uh, maybe will never let down their guard or never mm. let you in or never show their true selves. So you've got – when you've got little ones, five and under, behaving as, you know, in that pure form, mm. and then you've got perhaps uh, the mother who's uh, commissioned you – and the mm-hmm. father who's only on board because if he doesn't do it, the mother's not going to speak to him for the next yeah. six months. Is that is that kind of how how it works? I mean, sometimes yes. you might get the like dads one. Is it always the dads? Is it always the dads who are just there going, "Oh Jesus, do I have to?" Mm. Yeah, there are lots of the the dads are the biggest barrier to me booking shoots. So right. often women will call up and inquire, and they'll say, "Look, I." You know, I haven't quite convinced my husband, but, you know, I'm working on him. And um, <laughs> sometimes you can arrive at a shoot and you can tell that the dad, you know, is definitely under sufferance. But you know, I don't think there's ever been a shoot by the end of the 8 or 12 hours where we haven't just been having a great time and included with the dad. So I work pretty hard to ask the dads about their lives and let them know that, you um, I'm interested in them and um, as soon as that happens, you can kind of find some common ground and the dad will relax and I'll say, you know what, you can mow the lawn or watch the footy or, 
you know, go to the man shed or, you know, they, they don't have to, you know, in some ways it's easier to sell compared to a, opposed livestock yes. shoot yeah. because they can still do all their, you know, I love it when dad's made the lawn and um, I've got some great shots of dad's watching footy with kids climbing on them. Um, and and is, is there anything that you will like um, not shoot? Like you see a lot of guys <laughs> that when they're on the couch watching the footy, their hands are down their pants for some reason because <laughs> that's a comfortable pose for them. I love you know? that. <laughs> if you- I saw a dad with hands down the pants, I would think – Great, I'm getting that. Yeah, you would catch get up high. I'd probably pull a chair and, and stand on it and shoot down at it. It would be a good aerial to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you arrive, at, is there is there a time, like, because I know, say if I'm shooting uh, a headshot of someone, all right, mm-hmm. I can feel like somewhere around fifth frame 15, you, you, you just feel the person relax. And and you you're both in the flow together, and then you you can kind of they've gotten rid of photo face disappears, and yes. I, I start to see the real person. When you arrive at a place, obviously the kids are going to be a little bit ooh strange person in the house. Yeah. They might be kind of performing for you or playing up. Yes. What what at what point does everyone settle down, and do do you find that? Like the adults will obviously take a little bit longer, but is there a moment where you go, all right, I've now become invisible? Yeah, I think that takes, you know, it's different everywhere, but, um, and there are some places I've, some families I've shot where that happens very, very quickly. Mm. Um, And then others where it takes half the time, which is why I, why I won't shoot less than eight hours. Um, But I think around the two hour mark, is maybe average. There are some kids who are real performers and, you know, every time they see me pointing at the camera at them, they drop what they're doing and, you know, do a pose and a big smile. Um, but so, you know, my way around that is I just put the, I just put my camera down if they do that. And I think that if that happens quite a few times, they learn, Oh, she's not shooting me when I do that. Um, so they stopped no. doing it, but the there psychology have a, training there too, right? Yeah. Is that, yes. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like training you know dogs. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. A little bit. Um, but there are some kids who are such performers that, you know, there's been one little girl who did not, um, reduce her, um, photo poses for the whole eight hours and I sort of came home and I thought oh no I don't have I have hardly any shots of her um just being natural and but but then I spoke to the mum and the mum was like but that's just her she's like that every day all day she that is her she is constantly looking for attention and posing and and so I came to realize that you know that's probably not such a bad representation of her right Um, Anyway, so, you know, that's only happened once, though. Most kids um, learn very quickly that I'm not looking for that and that I won't shoot it. So, yeah, I have had, um, you know, there are some kids who are really shy and don't want to be shot, so I'm just pretty sensitive about that and I let them be for an hour or two. Um, and, and everyone comes around in the end. It's, it's, you know, people, my most common question when people call is can, can I do a shorter shoot? Can I, you know, we want you to come, but 
you know, we don't want a stranger in our house for the whole yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and I really, really struggle with that because I know I could book more work that way, a lot more work. Um, I know that um, it'd be a lot easier to to attract clients, but I also know my work wouldn't look the same. Yeah. It wouldn't look the same at all. So, um, and then also I'd be um, competing with a whole bunch of other photographers who, who do in-home two-hour sessions or whatever. Right. So what I'm doing is it's, it's, it's hard to find the client, but it's different and I think yes. that's important. And also to emphasize that I can't get access to those moments that I get access to in, in less no. time. So I'm pretty determined to not offer the shorter shoot. No. Um, and only just now after three years am I getting the regular yep. the regular work with that. So yeah, it's it's a it's been a tricky question about whether I should do it or not. But I'm I'm pretty happy that I've stayed true to that and been able to push through and get known for for the full day shoots. Yeah, and, and I agree and I just uh, like the the beauty of this style of shooting is it just does not get old. Um so and now that I've discovered uh this particular style, I'm now gonna follow a lot more of these sorts <laughs> of photographers on Instagram. I'm so yes. attracted yes. to this style of photography because it's so exciting and I'm not yeah. gonna see the same sunset over you know that styled shot or opposed thing everything's going to be so different and have so much energy um so just on that with the uh and i just wonder as a profile of your clients uh, Mm. this is just another aside another tangent do you reckon they're all uh the, the the mothers that book you are possibly extroverts because yeah. the the idea of a stranger coming into my home for eight hours yes. doesn't excite me personally. No, it wouldn't. To be honest, you know, I don't know if I would be my client either, yeah. um, unless I unless I you know knew me. Yes, uh, I I think that's a really good question. Are my clients extroverts? Do you know um, how does how an introvert loses weight? To the, the ideal way, you put a stranger in their kitchen. You just employ a stranger to stay in your kitchen. Stand in the kitchen, and the, the, and the introvert's yeah. never going to go into the kitchen because there's a stranger there. Well, that's hilarious. I love it. Um, yes, introverts and strangers. Um, interesting question. Uh, I think the the most common way I get work is um, through like minded friends of yeah. like word of mouth. So if, yeah. if someone has booked me whether they're an introvert or extrovert, um, if their friends see the pictures on social media or in their book or whatever um, and that person is able to tell their friend she is so easy to have, you don't have to talk to her, she's she's just an easy, fun person to have around, I think that's my best bet at getting into the home of an introvert. Mm. Um, (laughs) I don't know if an introvert would cold call me and – and book me but um I think a lot of a lot of my marketing focuses on getting to the friends of people who have booked me so it's a good question um I I think 
the way I get around that, and this is why I'm still working on this, is I'm trying to, um, with my social media and my website, trying to let people um, know me because I think as, you know, as, as much as I can put up um, good pictures, I think that how a client perceives me is probably as important as whether they like my work or not um, because I am coming for such a long period of time. So I'm working on um, putting more of myself and sharing more about me, which is not a natural thing at all, um, into my marketing. So I am an introvert and I do talk about that quite a lot um, on social media when I make a post. Um, So I think if if there are introverted people and they know that I have all those same issues, um, not that it's an issue, um, but if if they know that I relate to, to everything that comes with that, that might help them feel more comfortable having me, I hope. Yeah. And so I like I I make self portraits as well. And I did last year I did a, a series on my introversion through self portraits. And I do share those sometimes on my um day in the life yep. um socials. And so I think I have let people into that that part of me a little bit and I'm trying to do that more because I do know that selling me as a person is as important as selling my work yeah, when it comes true. to things just because of how long I'm coming for. Exactly. And it is a, yeah. It's such an intimate thing to invite someone into your home for the day. So <laughs> they need to know me more, I think. And do you think you just limit this to um, families? Because I can see so many other day in the life, like you could have day in the life of an engagement shoot. I've seen day in the life weddings, day in the life corporate, Mm -hmm. day in the life. Yeah. It's boys, sport, uh, like so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and even commercially, I've had quite a few commercial inquiries over the last year where businesses want documentary photography in their mm. workplaces. They don't mm. want the person up against the wall headshot. Yep. They want to tell the stories of their workers yep. and they want to tell the stories of their products. So I have um, done a few commercial shoots that way, yep. um, but I'm I'm pretty picky about whether it's going to be pure documentary or, um, you know, more of a we want it to be documentary but still pretty kind of And thing. is that, are you finding that the businesses will say, oh, well, no, we don't really want to show mm-hmm. warts and all or we, we want it to be like more, yes, we want lifestyle yeah. but style, well, lifestyle? Yeah. Um, sometimes when you need to make money, you take the job and you make yeah. the ugly. You make the ugly shots for your own, <laughs> yeah. for your your own art. But no, I've been surprised. I've been really surprised about that. Um, it's making I, money so you can take more photos, Ro. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. a little corporate sponsor that you've got on the side that allows you to do more of the yeah. other stuff that you love. Yeah. And it also gets me into a different environment, which can't be bad for my creativity as well. So, and then like weddings, I did do a wedding last year under yes. sufferance. I did a wedding. I said, oh, I just nearly died from the stress of it. But um, the, the it was a small wedding and the, the client was really, really sympathetic to the documentary approach and really valued it. So I did it. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved right. it. Well, there's a new avenue. Did, did you do any pose yeah, photos? Yeah, we just did 10 minutes. We okay. just did the family ones. But yep. 
and you know, even um, when I do a day in the life, I sometimes offer a 10 minute or five minute um, posed photo, family photo, but I never show those on my, um, I never show those on my accounts because I think when you're promoting your, when you're promoting yourself as a documentary photographer, it doesn't mean you can't do the other stuff, yeah. but I think it needs to be crystal clear when someone stumbles across your Instagram that, you know, what you do. So yeah, um, oh, no, I definitely. Never, never show those pictures, but I do make them. I'm not very, I'm not great at them, but <laughs> And all the other stuff that you would probably do, like if you, you know, corporate headshots and yeah, uh, all of yeah, that, but yeah. it's not what you want to be known for and That's it's not right. necessarily the type of client you want to attract. Um, That's right. All right. I think so, it's really important to protect what you want to be known for that way. Yeah, even yes. if you've made a brilliant portrait, even if you've made this really great post portrait, don't show it. If, yeah. if you don't want to be known for it, just keep it off. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's a good idea. Uh, just in the um, – I just want to touch on the uh, sh- shooting style and how you do some of that stuff for anyone who might be interested in having a, a crack at this sort of photography. Mm-hmm. Is there um, – a particular like uh, favorite lens that you have, and uh, what about yeah. shooting? Uh, are you shooting like rapid fire, high ISO, fast shutter speed? Because because I see yeah. there's lots of like kids mid air and like yeah. obviously yeah. the the action must like you've got to be ready really because it's yeah. happening all the time. So what what are they are they go to settings for you? Yeah, I shooting kids inside, you just have to get over the grain and shoot high ISO. I'm if I'm inside and there's kids and they're moving, there's a good chance I'm going to be 6400. Yep. Um and you know, you just have to accept that your, your shots are going to be grainy and that's okay. Um, I use only use a 35 mil. Uh, yep. Um, which which um, one have you got? What, like, what's the a, Sigma Art. It's lens. a good. Uh, so, are you finding that fast enough with the focus for, for what you do? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I, I don't use anything else. Yeah. Um, so, you've probably just gotten a, a real feel for if you're using that and doing thousands yeah. of frames, you would have a feel for just like almost knowing when your shots are sharp. True. Yes. I have, look, I, you know, I probably take a couple of thousand shots in That's eight a hours. session. Yep. Yeah. And I only, I only give about 60 or 70. Wow. Um, that's a decent cull. I know. So I, I feel like my culling is the probably the most important part of yep. um, the work. Uh, I, I really hate over storytelling. I, I just really think if your images are strong enough, you, you need a lot less. Yes. Um, if you need like five frames to tell the story of one kind of scene, then, you know, maybe you need to rethink it. Um so, you know, when I'm in a scene, I'm really looking for just the one shot that's going to tell everything I want it to tell. Yeah. Um, I don't like uh, when I'm looking through um, galleries, family photography galleries, I get so bored when I see five shots of a kid playing with Play-Doh. Like I just, <laughs> just want to see, I really just want to see that one really great moment of that. Um so what happens is I that's probably not true. I, I I give the clients about maybe eighty pictures and then 
I make a book and with the easily, AT pictures. No, so I, I let them favorite. I let them tell me what their favorites are, and I use that as a guide to make a book, which usually has about fifty or sixty pictures. And who do you use for that? What's uh, your supplier for? Oh, books? always Memento Pro. Memento, right? Memento Pro. Yeah, they're brilliant. Mm. Those books are brilliant quality. I love them. Um, so yeah, I think culling. You know, I, I think too much storytelling really weakens the, the great shots. If you've got yeah. a great shot, if you've got this one epic shot and then you've got four shots around it that are kind of close, it really devalues that one great shot. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty I'm very picky about what I show. It dilutes it, doesn't it? If you've got uh, totally. Two, That's yes. what I was looking for. Yeah. It dilutes the strength of that picture. It just sort of really bugs me. I see a great picture and then if I see something around it that simulate really just takes all the, the power out of it and it's just it's it just seems pointless. How how quick is the cull? Are you just is it uh when you're going through mm-hmm. is it a gut thing? Like is it are you going on emotion? Yeah. Are you going on um I just want the eyes sharp or I want the composition mm. or is it just like that that quick, like yes, no, no, yes, no. Is that how it's you do it? It's pretty ruthless. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty ruthless. It, it, I get it down, the first cull is probably to about 200. Yeah. And then um, I, one thing I've learned is, you know, sometimes you had a great idea for a picture and like just the recent shoot I did, I had this great idea for a picture. It was epic. It was just I saw it and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to make this happen. And I waited and I waited and I yeah. and I in the moment I felt that I got it. I was so happy and I got home and I was looking through and it just didn't work. And it, it is <laughs> it's really hard to to like it, like it almost worked. It, it, it very almost worked, um, but I can't. I can't give it to them because <laughs> it just didn't work. And I think there's something really important in doing this work about being able to let go of pictures just because they were great ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, just because it was a great idea doesn't mean you should put your name to it um, and put it um, on your on your website. So, I think the biggest skill with this work is being able to let go of almost great pictures, um, you know, uh, even if they were great ideas. So I'm just, and I'm happy. So I'm really happy about that. I'm happy that I had the great idea. I failed the execution. Yeah. It failed. But overall I'm very, very happy that I had the idea. Um, and that's more important to me than than nailing the execution. Yeah. And it, it, um, was, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I, what I am worried about is if I come home from a shoot and I have lots of great, you know, okay pictures, but if I didn't have any um, novel ideas or any creative ideas, that's what I'm worried about. Like I, I want to be able to continue to see things differently. Even if I fail to execute them, um, I'm still happy. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I'd much rather see failed executions with great ideas than, you know, well-executed, mediocre ideas. Yep. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through your site now. Is there mm. a, like, 
is there one image that if if you could only define your photography oh by I know because this is like the most <laughs> agonizing question you can ask any photographer but often mm. we're asked to do this it's like okay we need one photo mm. Oh god! Um, <laughs> could you have asked me? Um, could you ask me this? Well, um, well, now I'm going to have to scroll through as well. Uh, is there one picture? Um, I think you've pretty much nailed it with the cover shot. Uh, I, oh, I think yeah. that uh, there is so much uh, a joy I in that, that image, picture. which is a, a girl yeah. in a in a like a, a tub, and uh, she's yeah. being hosed by a friend, but you can only see the uh, the legs it's, of the. T- and yeah. it's what I love about it is uh, obviously it's a an old fashioned hills hoist yeah, there, like an old them. school from the sixties, which makes me mm-hmm. so happy because it automatically reminds me of my childhood. The flip flops, mm-hmm. the the light, uh, it's it's a t- the fence. It's to mm. me that's uh, you know suburban life in suburban Australia, and in summer it it says so much uh, to me, Thank and you. I think that that's probably uh, a cracker of a shot. Thank uh, you, Gina. Um, yeah, I, I love. It's hard. Which of your kids do you like the most? It's like <laughs> asking you that question. Isn't it? Yeah, I, look, I, I don't. I still feel like I haven't made. The, you haven't this decided one. which kid no, you like I the most. No, I feel like I haven't made one great perfect picture. Yeah, well, no, you never um, will. I think there are lots, and the thing with documentary is, it, it's there. They are a collection. You know, yep. it's it's very hard to go. Which one will you put on your wall? Like because they belong together. <laughs> um, there is. There's this one picture that I had been hoping to make for years um, that I made last year. It's in a bedroom. I think it's on that page where you are. But it's. I just. Um, I just want to interrupt for a sec. I yeah, love the go. way. I love the way that you say you made the picture, and it's. I haven't actually oh. heard many photographers <laughs> speak like that about the photo, but you did make. The photo. Yeah, you I made think that it. comes from. It's I beautiful. Think that comes from um, my idol, Kirsten Lewis. I have yeah. to describe yeah. that to her. She talks like that, and ever yeah. since I started learning from her, it's just I talk like that too. It is. It is. You're making. Yeah. A picture. It's, uh, yeah. And 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 the notion behind, like a lot of us say, oh, check out this photo. I just took this photo. It it, mm-hmm. it implies that you. Uh, Stole, stole something it. that yeah. wasn't yours <laughs> yeah. in the first place, which might yeah. be, yeah. But it's like when you when you say you made it, you you own that image. You, you it was the moment that you chose to press the shutter, the aperture that you chose, the ISO mm. that you chose, and the shutter speed, and the way that you process it and manipulate the light. Yes, means you made that made photo. It. Yeah, and it's not just all those technical things. It's actually like what you saw is a summary of of everything that's come before in your life and all of your – so true. You know, all of your experiences led up to you seeing life that particular way. Yes. um, As well as all those technical choices that you made. So, yeah, there's a picture I've been chasing for a few years that um, I have on there. It's – Looking into two rooms. Yes. Um, and in the one room, yes. so some little girls are, you know, 
in their bed reading the book and in the other room some yes. girls doing some crazy aerial gymnastics yes. on the bed. Yes. And um, I don't cracker. know why. I've, I've always wanted to make a two-room thing like that, but I knew that it was only going to be a picture if there were contrasting behaviours happening in each of the different rooms. Yep. So I basically saw that situation. I sat in, crouched in that hallway for about half an hour. <laughs> wow. Foregoing everything else. Yeah. Waiting, waiting. And that girl had been doing aerial gymnastics all day and I, and she was sitting in that room just lying on the bed and I thought, you know what, there's a good chance she is going to do something crazy off this bed. And it happened. But I've been waiting for that for, for three years. So, um. I'm pretty happy with that one, but <laughs> see my um my commercial background would say, oh, you set that up that that mm, shot, no. but you waited for it. Brilliant. Yeah, and is I, there, I've been waiting for years. And is there a is there a uh, a no no of document? Obviously, you don't. You just don't set I up do a not. shot. Otherwise, it's yeah. like it devalues. Never. Never. Yeah. It's a slippery slope and I think there are a lot of photographers who say they are documentary photographers who, you know, here and there go, oh, can you just do that again? Or, oh, it would be cute if you hugged mum, you like, know. Like on maybe- reality shows. Yeah, that's right. the first like, season, it was <laughs> real. It, everything was real. Now yeah. it's like, oh, take, can we just, yeah, there wasn't, can you throw that drink in her face and yes. put, lift the table up again? Still, exactly. And still calling it the same thing yes. when it no longer is. Um, I'm really fiercely protective about um, protecting the name of a documentary photographer because it would be very easy to get, you know, a little bit involved in directing here and there, um, but I feel like I just don't know where that would end up for me if I started doing it. So it just means you have to work harder and it yes. means you have to get okay with missing stuff. You yes. just have to get okay. You you have to get okay with you missed it. And, that, and I'd rather come home from a shoot and know, feel good about not directing and missing shots than I would if I came home and I knew that I got some good shots because of, you know, I made some little suggestions here or there. It just wouldn't feel the same to me. Well, yeah, it's the energy of the photo as well. There's something mm-hmm. about having um, when it's set up, um, yeah. you know, and and, and then the, it's in stages too. I mean, you get the, the other end of the spectrum where it's posed within an inch of its life and everyone is stiff and uncomfortable, okay? So mm. we go back to there and then you can have lifestyle where it's created and there is a whole market around that where you Absolutely. try and create something lovely and, uh you know, but it, it feels like it, it, it just happened. And then you're mm. at the other extreme where you're documenting mm. an actual event and, and, and it's I guess it's out you're out there hoping for that that moment to happen in front yeah, of you. I, hope, I think you're right. There, there's definitely a really great place for all the different types mm. and lifestyle photography is very popular and yep. that is for lots of people. Um and there are some brilliant lifestyle photographers I'm friends with and I love their stuff. Um, I just feel like, um, I don't know, it, it feels like real life but a prettier version of real life. And yeah. for, for me, 
what I'm most excited about is uh, are the uglier aspects of of family life and mm. bringing that to um, and, and bringing that out in public and and showing it and saying you know this is really hard shit but look it's beautiful and I had a um, a lady who has not been my client but she follows me. Um, on Facebook mm. and she knows I love shooting tantrums and meltdowns, not for my own amusement, just because I think we were saying before, just because I love to see human expression in yes. its purest form without mm. any um, moderation. Mm. And um, what else was I was saying? Um, you had a client who yeah, does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so she, she sent me a message and said, oh, my kid was losing it today um at the playground and instead of getting upset and really frustrated and angry I actually stopped for a minute and thought about how would Roe shoot this and yeah. how would Roe make this a beautiful shot and it just kind of helped her see a really trying moment in a different way just for a couple of seconds and I thought gosh you haven't even been my client and the way you've seen me photograph tantrums has helped shift your perception of your own kids tantrum a little bit um so that is the that's just as good as it gets for me it it is it's such a pure moment and i think the 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 fine line between um the tantrum and and joy is is like it's the same you know you can look at someone having a tantrum or being ecstatic and it's it's exact same it looks the same you know there might right. be more mascara running down someone's cheeks, but uh, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. I adore your work. It's got so much energy. Uh, congratulations on I adore such you. an amazing, amazing body of work. <laughs> Where can people find you, Ro? Where can they see your work and um, follow you on social media? Yes, I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook um, under Day in Your Life Project. My tag is Day in Your Life Project. Um, I'm, I'm based in Melbourne, but I shoot everywhere in Australia or anywhere, actually. Mm. Um, I, I frequently shoot in Sydney and Brisbane um, quite a few times a year as well. So, um, yeah, I would love to hear from anyone who is thinking about um, celebrating their real life. Mm. Um, and I can assure you, I'm not, I'm not a difficult person to be around <laughs> for <laughs> for eight hours. Especially if you give me a glass of wine. Uh, I do, I do drink one glass of wine on shoots if I'm offered. Yeah, that's a good way to. Yeah, of you course you would. Okay? Yeah, no, of yeah. course it is. There are yeah. no rules. Make your own. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy. That's 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 yeah. the rules. Um, yeah, I like them. Ro, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for wow. coming on the show and I'm going to be uh, following your work and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. I'll let you go before the uh, the, ki- the kids come back. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Gina. I, this has been the best experience. As you know, I just discovered a few things from talking to you about myself. <laughs> so I think I owe you. Um, and, yeah, thank you for, for giving this a voice. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Ro. There we go, Rowena Meadows. Absolutely fascinating. And it's interesting how different photographers gravitate to different 
types of things and, and mm. different styles, obviously. But, you know, you have to be a certain kind of personality to be able to be that fly on the wall yes. and to be patient and to then recognise when something is, you can tell through, you can maybe feel it in the air or whatever, when something's going to happen. So you then have to turn on. So I think that, um, yeah, so it's it's such a unique, what she captures is unique. Most people, yes. when they think of family photos, they think of, you know, lots of smiling kids and hugging babies and the photos that you see in picture frames. But yes. she's capturing something that's very real and very different. And when I look at her feed or when I look at her, you know, all of her images, it stresses me out a bit because yeah. I don't want to be in that, that house. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well, that's for you. But I, I, I adore the style. I think there's so, so much energy in the shots and it's yes, the realness definitely. of it all. And, Valerie, I see that. Uh, the reaction to the current overstyled, over perfectionistic world that everybody is sharing currently on mm. social media where everyone is showing their highlights real. I think the reaction to that soon will be more of the re- reality reality style sort of authentic kind of photo shoot so we'll see we're already Ooh. seeing this uh style in weddings and more of this day in the lifestyle of uh documenting children's photography so i think we're just going to see more and more we see it on the street as well uh mm. i think it's going to become even more popular or more of a, an accepted thing so look out for it i love it yeah but you know how you it's like um the 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 overly stylized shots actually take hours to look perfectly natural yes it's now these perfectly natural shots are going to take hours to capture as well well well, but this is the thing so it's 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 the lot of the a lot of advertising agencies go to great expense now to create uh, commercials and billboards and ads that look like they were taken on an iPhone, on a shaky lens, mm. uh, at, on a shoestring because mm. every advertiser wants their shots to not look like they're, they're advertising so that people yeah. will look at them. And so yeah. they're spending, you know, hundreds and thousands on a commercial to make it look like it was shot on an iPhone when it's actually shot on, you know, the, the proper film cameras and then resized down and grunged up. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, that's cool. Very yeah. very um so, absolutely you, fascinating. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Ro. So, what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? All right, so um, I am uh, casting for a shoot that I've got uh, uh, where we're uh, traveling in, in a couple of weeks. So I'm working on that and I've got some more tutorials to work on. I've got some images to edit, I've all sorts of stuff. What about you, Val? I am casting too uh, for video though mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've got my short list and, I'm, and I know who I want as the plan A um, and uh, actually you'd probably really like shooting this person. Um, yeah. I wonder if we can coordinate that or oh, we'll see. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm – uh, it's. I've been spending a lot of time looking at headshots and at yeah. <laughs> all of that kind of stuff to see to to get the exact look that I'm after, and yeah. I think I have found it. So it should be fun. 
Excellent. The important of a good the importance of a good headshot though, Val. Like when oh. you're casting shots, um, it's just it, you see people and there's ones, there's headshots that there's something intriguing about that person and mm. then there's other headshots where you just go, nah. And then unfortunately you might meet that person down the track and go, I would never cast you off your headshot. But if mm. you stood in front of me, fantastic. It's amazing mm. the difference a good photo can make for someone. Yes, that's true. And what I've done is I've made sure I've done Skype video with them as well so that I'm, uh, yeah, you I know, yeah, do, make sure. I do that. That's a great idea. I actually get them to send me a no makeup selfie full length yeah. and just a headshot. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, we're both casting. Uh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Where do we find you online, Gina? Find me at ginamilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and I'm at Gina Militia on Instagram and all the other social medias. And you can also find me in the goal community, as we talked Ooh. about earlier in the show. If you want sort of next, uh, take your photos to the next level, you might want to check out that. And then I'm also in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook podcast group as well. What about you, Val? Yeah, you'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Instagram and Twitter, and feel free to connect with us in the Facebook group that Gina mentioned. It's our listener community, and it's free to join that one. So just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community, and we'd love to see you in there. Thanks for listening, everyone. We look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.